Welcome to another episode of Love with Elise Peck. I'm your host, Elise Peck, best-selling author on the topic of love, personal one-on-one love and life coach. And I'm really excited today to be speaking with Lena Athena. Now, Lena is a leadership coach. She is the host of the podcast School of Self. And I loved, I loved this love story today. It, you can feel, she uses the word magical, and you can just feel that energy there. I love that this is a story of love coming through this energy of both intention, knowing what you want, while having a surrendered energy. Um, it's a really, the, the words that she gives to it really, really kind of a voice, it gives voice to that magnetic energy that really I've seen time and time again that draws in satisfying love. Um, we have the clues of sort of letting go of expectations while still staying true to yourself. Uh, we have the, uh, the the unfolding and then the enjoying of the process and also the process of getting really, really clear on exactly what you do want out of your love life. It's a lot of wisdom in here. It could have gone for much, much longer. Um, today, the way our calendars aligned meant that we, we had a a powerful 30 minutes to work with. Uh, this could have easily been one of those interviews that, that we stayed online chatting for a really, really long time. But there is so much juice in the 30 minutes that you do get. And of course, if you would like to um, hear more from Lena, if you're like, oh, I was just getting warmed up and I, want, <laughs> I wanted to spend more time with, with that voice, with that person, um, I've put her, her website in the caption of the podcast on whatever platform you listen to your podcast in the caption there will be her website uh, and there also will be um, the name of her podcast the school of self so where you can go and connect and, and hear more of her wisdom and her voice as well all right enjoy this episode Welcome to another episode of Love with Elise Peck. I'm your host, Elise Peck, and today I'm really excited to be speaking to Lena. Now, Lena is a leadership coach. She's also the host of the School of Self podcast, and she has come on today to chat about her love story. So welcome, Lena. Hi, Elise. Thanks so much. I really am so excited to be here and to get to talk to you today. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to talk to you and to unpack um, your love story. I, I definitely, um, yeah, I'm excited to dig on in. So I would love to start with just asking essentially to set the scene of what is the relationship in your life that we're going to be discussing today? What is the love that you've got in your life? Um, I have an amazing husband named Unshul and, um, we, we just have this magical life together that I could have never imagined. (laughs) Oh, that's so beautiful. So you've got this beautiful husband and this magical life. So a love that essentially feels magical and it's beyond your wildest kind of dreams, which makes me feel like there is something new about experiencing this kind of love in your life, that it's a kind of love that you didn't quite know existed before. Is that, is that correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we, it's actually really fun. We say this to each other often. Um, like, you know, I didn't know I could be loved like this. I didn't know that I could feel this comfortable with someone. I had no idea when I imagined my future that I would have this much trust and comfort. Um, I didn't know somebody would like me for like 
these weird things about me and uh it, it it echoes like we at least once a week one of us will turn to the other and be like oh my gosh we're so strange we're so lucky we found each other <laughs> <laughs> I love that I love that something I I believe is that like love kind of just feels like falling into mutual weirdness with each other it's like the person you don't have to hide your weirdness with because it's like the weirdness bonds you so that's a really beautiful visual there so if we go back to um, your mindset before you were able to kind of call in or attract in or, or get this love in your life where was your head at before you met Anshul? Um, so I had had the awareness for some time maybe like um, six months or a year before we met that I knew what a, re- a perfect relationship would look like for me. Perfect is like an ambiguous term here, but you know, I knew what would feel expansive and healthy. I had actually narrowed it down to like five things I was looking for. Um, that like, you know, if I saw this person, this is what they would look like. And it was super simple. It was actually like, you know, they would be connected with their physical wellness. They would be um, connected with their sense of spirituality. They would be um, like emotionally in tune with themselves. And um, they would be like somebody who loves to be like cognitive and analytical. Um, and there's one other one that I don't remember anymore, but it was basically just about being present. Um, oh, I think the last one was just, you know, they would want a relationship too. <laughs> um, and it would be compatible. Um, and so I had written that in a notebook somewhere. And then I also, um, when we actually met, I was actually, I was acting from a very different place from this belief system that it would happen. So I knew it would happen and this is what it would look like. Um, but I was so convinced that, uh, I'm not looking, this is not the right time to look like I'm just done. I, I don't even know if I want to date anymore. Like this, you know, um, it was like the furthest thing from my mind, actually. So it was sort of like this, this interesting combination of being clear on what you want while also letting go of, of, of wanting it in a sense. So you got really clear and then you let it go. Is that, is that right? Or you were sort of yeah. holding two things in your head at once. I want this. And also I don't want like, what, what is that? What was the energy? Was the energy more, I, I knew what I wanted and then I let it go or was it sort of you were having both going on at the same time this is what I want and then also I have moments where but I don't really want I don't really need anything I think it was this is what I want and but I think it would be so like unique special one of a kind that there's no way I could figure out how to make it happen mm-hmm. um so I was just very um I was like surrendered in my actions, but I, as far as my belief system, it was very clear. Like I'm not even willing to compromise. And I, I guess I felt that if I looked, I would like, I would only be able to find something else because when I had looked in the past, I would only find other things. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of gave up on, on the idea that looking would lead me anywhere good. Oh my gosh, I love it. So it's like putting your intention to life and then letting it go. Hey, here's what I want. And then I trust you to bring it to me in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And it's so like data king, which is sort of, I, I never get this one right, 
but the, there's one there's a saying in there about the concept of like when you take the knife to life and try to carve out you know from god's plan or universe's plan or energy's plan you kind of butcher it <laughs> and so it's kind of like you had this awareness of if i try to make this happen i'm going to stuff it up but i if, if i just trust that this is coming and then i let life sh you know figure out the how uh that's the best energy you were sort of in that yeah, so I was sort of in that. Um, but then the funny thing was that I was lucky to have a friend at the time who was sure it was the wrong thing to do. And so she convinced me to get on the apps, <laughs> on the dating apps. And I was in such resistance to her. I mean, she mentioned it several times because she had met someone and she was in this like process of falling in love and it was all she could talk about and she wanted the same for me. Um, and I was so sure that it was like, not the move, like, listen, it's just not, no, it's let's like, let it go. Um, and I'm really, really lucky that eventually she just talked me into it. Wow. So she, so you let it go, but then someone appears saying like a little person on the shoulder, Hey, do this thing, do this thing. And it just, it doesn't go away. You keep getting the message to do this thing. So then you jump on the app and is that where you meet Anshul? Yeah, he was like, I think, uh, first or at least in the, within the first three guys that I connected with. So it's like you got on the app through surrender. Like you're getting a message and you're like, fine, <laughs> <laughs> I will do this. Yeah. So this was, um, yeah, I got the message and I was just like, fine, I'll take the action. And I had, you know, I'm human, right? So I think like we make our own story and I was like, no, it's, it, it'll be nice. I'll be less bored, like, <laughs> I'll have more things to do. Like I'll have more excuses to pick up my phone. That sounds good. Um, yeah. And then I, and then I connected with him and, and then still it was like, there was no indication of anything. So it's not like I connected with him and then like, you know, the tides have turned and everything clicked. There, there's nothing of that sort, even a little bit, to be honest. Oh, I love that. So he's the third guy. And then how do you get from him being the third guy that you're messaging on the app to kind of becoming a couple? Um, so uh, at the time, the world was really freaking out about something that we're all aware of. And uh, there was a lot of free time uh, because I was stuck at home. And, um, you know, I had actually noticed, so when I messaged him, uh, I messaged him first, just being like, Hey, you know, there's something in his profile. Oh, he said he wasn't in intense. And I was like, Oh, okay. What, what does that mean? And so I just, you know, we went back and forth and then, um, and then I noticed that his profile said he was looking for something casual <laughs> and, being who I was and being like, you know what, I'm like, I'm done with compromise. I have, I have, I have done the whole dating thing. There's nothing like fun in it anymore. Like it's, it's whatever. So, um, I just sent him a message like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't see that you are looking for something casual. Um, I'm not looking for anything casual. And, uh, the conversation just kind of went from there that like, oh, um, he's not in the place to look for anything serious, but whatever. Um, but then after like a month of just chatting with friends, like super, you know, random platonic housework, whatever, um, because we were stuck at home with very little to do, 
uh, he invited me for a walk. And then um, even on the walk, like uh, we hung out and I was like, cool, like at worst, this is a nice friend. Like we were, we were both really into philosophy. And so we, we started like, um, we went on and on for, I think like it, this was a walk, you know, I thought it would be an hour. I think it was like three or four hours of us just talking about like, Elaine de Baton and Alan Watts. And um, I told him about Mind Valley um, and, you know, whatever, just going back and forth, sharing quotes. And um, towards the end, I was like, so why are you not looking for anything? And uh, he said, I just got out of a relationship. And I, it's just that that type of thing where like, I need to tie my shoelaces before I start running again. Like, <laughs> oh, I'll just trip like I you know he gave me that perfect metaphor and so I was again just super like all right whatever like worst case we're friends and so I think it was absolutely perfect because what it did was uh perfectly position me to not think that there was anything to pursue even a little bit and I um I had had a tendency of being like somebody who who liked pursuing in relationships and but because I had my you know, this is like my, I know what I'm looking for and this isn't it. He's not a match. So it might just be friends, but I enjoy talking to him. Cool. Let's be casual about it. Um, and so it was always like, he would reach out to me saying, Hey, do you want to take another walk? Hey, do you want to take another walk? And each time these walks were like five, six hours of us talking about like, um, everything under the sun and like disagreeing about the latest thing that Jordan Peterson said. And, you know, it was, it was like very lively and passionate and fun and it, yeah, eventually um, he came to the place where he was like, you know, um, I, I can't rush tying my shoelaces, but I can tell you that you're the direction I want to, like you're the direction that I want to run in. Um, I, I want, like, I just want this to keep going. Um, and I had every intention of respecting his boundaries because he said them so clearly. And so everything unfolded really slowly. Um, and it was nothing I had ever had before because I was very quick to fall into love and like make things official and let's do this and, you know, jump 30 steps ahead. Um, and yeah, that was a lot of rambling, but it's, I mean, it just unfolded. No, it's like valuable. Yeah, it just unfolded one step at a time and it forced me into a completely different way of falling in love. And um, what in hindsight I know now is that I'm very, very fortunate that like everything in the world um, kind of aligned perfectly um, with the timing and with the fact that we were both like, that we both cared so much about what the other person wanted. Um, I think the fact that we wanted different things allowed us to see, oh, this is a person who cares what I want, even when I want something different from them. And like, that is what made it so clear it was worth pursuing. Oh, gosh, I mean, that, I, I found that so valuable. I think I will call this episode intentional and surrendered. It's like either both and it it gave you this beautiful energy and i think really really important because a lot of women can relate to having this history of attaching too fast anxiously anxiously pursuing things running after overthinking wanting to and it's like 
it's interesting how when you put your order out there, life kind of manifested the circumstances that put you into surrender. It kind of like life brought you, uh, when you went into surrender, you got something that kind of carried that on. It kind of naturally brought surrender out of you, just, just the whole way the situation was set up and allowed you to relax and just build a friendship, build a connection for the joy of hanging out, for the joy of the process, which is so feminine. To do something not for the prize, but for the joy of the process is such a feminine energy. And it like inspires out of the sky. Well, I want to run toward you. Like I want uh, something out of him that he didn't even quite know was there. So just just to be clear to anyone listening, Leonard and I, the way our calendars aligned, it's a it's a it's a short sharp interview today, but it's it's value packed. Um, so we've got about four more minutes. Is that right, Leonard? Have I got that right? No, I have another. Um, I think fifteen more minutes that I can. Oh. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Great. I was like, this is going to be super brief, but, but so, yeah, amazing. All right. So the, the clues in that story are setting your intention. And so being surrendered, kind of going with the flow, but with a massive filter on it, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it's such the egg and the sperm analogy, like you're being the egg and you're not chasing, but you're very clear on what you will and won't let in as well. And when it's something that you won't let in, you're like, all right, but like, I like hanging out with you. Let's be friends, even though, you know, and, and that allowed it, it, it to grow into something that was sort of clearly probably undeniable, undeniably there. And so that was in 2020, right? Yes. And now in yep. 2022, he's your husband, which is very exciting. So you say it happens slow, um, but, <laughs> but it seems like once he knew, he knew. So when was the point? the the tipping point when you became a couple when he was like i'm ready to actually go in and commit to this I, i'm ready my shoelaces are now tied i'm ready to run <laughs> um i mean i'll say so even before that happened and i we we talked about this um we shared this with our families uh, just a little bit ago but um i think though the craziness of it is that I was so ridiculously authentic, like beyond any social norms. Um, and <laughs> therefore he was too. And we were just so like, almost like obnoxiously human with each other for, <laughs> for months. And so even though like it, it took a while before it was really official, I had let it slip that I love him before that um and it was in like the most beautiful awful way to say to someone that you love them um basically what had happened was that we were taking another one of our amazing walks and there was like a food truck and um you know they give you these like plastic forks every time and he got something he wanted and then um he like you know threw away the, the fork and then he thought he wanted another thing and so he got another thing and I in my mind like being so conscious of my plastic use um I heard the rumblings of like should I tell should I tell him like should I have told him but like you think you'll want something else maybe don't throw the fourth if it's not really my place to say it um and I was kind of like shushing myself and it was very out of character for me because I'm obnoxiously honest with him right and that was like mm -hmm. The fundamental agreement we had and so he knew something was off and so he was like what's going on like what is happening inside of you right now 
and I told him and like we yeah we kept doing our walk and then we finished our walk and we're sitting and he just was like you know I'm really disappointed in you and I really I'm surprised and I'm actually like I'm hurt that you wouldn't tell me what was going on inside you because that isn't like that is important information and by you telling me that and educating me it's like I told him it's like you know they don't really recycle that usually and whatever and I, I gave him my whole explanation once he asked for it he's like you know had you deprived me of that information <laughs> I wouldn't have had the opportunity to grow and I'm really like I don't know what was going on in your mind that would make you do that um <laughs> and he was scolding me and I just had this like my heart just was like about to explode I was like this is the first time in my life that somebody has sat me down like I was sitting and standing in front of me scolding me for not being authentically myself and it just it like ran out of my mouth like, I couldn't catch it I was like oh, fuck, I'm gonna say it I'm gonna say it oh my god I'm gonna say it. um and it came out and he was stunned he's like oh <laughs> I mean that's great, but we've talked about this. I'm tying my shoelaces. And then he went into this whole like space and, then, and I was like, it's fine, it's fine. Listen, like, you know, <laughs> you're, you're angry at me for not being fully myself. And I just had to tell you that is like the most amazing thing I've ever experienced in my life. Um, and so I just had to tell you that I love you. Um, and so even though we didn't become official then I think that was the point for me when like, I knew it was, I just knew it. I just had this trust at that point that like, it must happen. I mean, the guy is taking like 10 minutes to tell me <laughs> that not being myself is an issue for him uh, and a disadvantage to the world at large, you know, <laughs> in the way he put it. Um, and so I just kind of knew it was a matter of time from, from that point. And it was, I mean, it, it happened maybe, I forget how long it, later it happened, but um it did and it was amazing oh my gosh that's like the cutest story ever that's so, so sweet and actually i've been doing um this attachment boot camp uh at the moment i, I talk about it in episode 29 and um and one of the things it talks about that's really important to secure attachment is just like being super honest and clear and being authentic being yourself saying the things even though it risks abandonment even though the person might reject you like literally being yourself um, so it's really beautiful that you and Anshul have that and that he really, you know, encourages that and, and, and encourages you to just fully be yourself and opens up the dynamic to make that safe. You know, like it's one thing, oh, be yourself. But if you with someone that's not psychologically safe, it's like, yeah, it takes two. So, I mean, that that's so cool. Um, so you, do you know, like, um, when was his moment when he was like, oh, I know? Do you happen to know what his what his moment was when he just knew that this was his was his forever partner? I mean, I think I've asked him, and he, his brain doesn't work like that. I think um, yeah. you know what? Interestingly, most guys when I ask them on the podcast, they're like, and I've actually seen Simon Sinek say this. Um, oh, how, when did I love my wife? Well, it wasn't one moment; it was a series of very very small moments. When one day I just woke up and realized I couldn't live I didn't want to live without her so it's interesting because a lot of guys a lot of women have like this bang I knew and a lot of guys it's like it was a gradual thing you know not not wanting to be you know gender stereotype or anything but just a trend I'm noticing um 
so yeah. he yeah so it was like a gradual thing for him I guess with the, with the with the time that we have something I really want to dig out is you talked about how um you, there were there were differences and different things that you wanted but you cared so much about that you wanted to understand the other uh something I, I, I come across a lot when talking with friends when talking with people and talking with clients is people are stuck in like the power struggle of um wanting different things you know uh, and I and I just wonder you know what are your insights on if that comment that you gave we really wanted different things uh, and we had different thoughts but we cared so much that we wanted to make it work what what do you think uh, has been some way like the keys to making that work oh Have yeah differences we actually talked about this even a couple nights ago um yeah, we were just having a, a date night dinner and we tend to have these weird reflective conversations. And um, I think what we came to the conclusion with was that um, we want different things a lot of the time, but we have similar values. Mm. And so for us, and neither of us, and we're both like... <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you anybody that knows us knows we are both like highly particular stubborn individuals <laughs> so, it, it's not the groundwork for compromise in any way shape or form um and I mean what we basically do is that we we acknowledge that we have shared values and a shared belief system about what really matters to us and we find ways to compromise um, only on our actions as much as we feel we can without feeling like we're compromising. And I don't know if that sounds really complicated and an example would help. Um, uh, well, I mean, someone once said to me, a framework someone once said, I think it was uh, maybe Anna Campbell, I think maybe episode six, where she said, we sit down and we figure out whose need is the greatest in this moment. And if someone, if, 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 um, if that person's need is like super like life or death or just so crucial to them and it's really not that much skin off my teeth to meet that need, I'll do that and vice versa. We sort of figure out who's got the really dramatic need. Um, does that land at all? Um, a little bit. I mean, I think we, we both feel our needs very passionately, which is why we're not good at compromising. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah we we tend to have quite a life or death approach to it but um <laughs> <laughs> every need is life and death I love that yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean like the way I cut carrots for example and I think I think all of our friends and all of our family and everybody knows how I have to cut the carrots in order <laughs> for them to be the right texture in different dishes um because like that's something that's very important to him. Um, right, so it's an example, like little things feel huge for us and we have that in common. And so we have that ability to empathize at least. Um, and yeah, I think what we do is, basically what we do is we, we look at like the decision of like the combined goal as being separate from who has to take accountability for what pieces of it. And so even though we have a, like a million things that are important to us, we don't, we don't get rid of any of them. I think we just put them in the perspective of time and space and like the resources it takes 
and which of us is going to be accountable to which pieces. And so sometimes, you know, it'll get pushed out or, you know, we can actually then both genuinely come to have a priority that goes above that priority, um, you know, with like. Um, I love that. It, so it sounds like a combination of sort of really, really strong communication, but also zooming out and looking at the big picture and looking at the current moment in the context of what you want to create long term. Is that a correct a, a sort of summary of that? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. And now I, I, there was something else I wanted to dig into. Where did it go? Oh, I just quickly, I happen to know that he proposed to you. So I just, in the last couple of minutes, um, I'd love to, to, for you to just let people know how long into the relationship did he propose? Um, and if you can sense maybe anything that inspired that out of him, or just, I guess anyone, anyone that's listening, and they would like to go on the app and have a guy that wants to propose within two years and da, 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 da. Is there any, and you've got that result. Is there anything, I guess, that you think would be valuable to share with anyone listening? Like, that'd be nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. There's actually, there's actually a long list of things. So I'll, I'll go a little bit over the time. But I, I think this is really important because I actually... Um, something that happened was at the same time that I was not, that I was kind of thinking, like, when is he going to propose? Obviously, we're going to spend the rest of our lives together. Um, I had a friend who is in like a long, 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 long term relationship who was waiting for her proposal. And so it gave me a lot of time to reflect on like, wait, like, you know, from my vantage point, it would have been so obvious that he would have already proposed to her and what's going on. Um, so it gave me context for maybe what was different about uh, my relationship with Anshul. And um, I think first and foremost, uh, I had to make it clear to him that I don't expect our lives together to be any sort of fantasy. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was something, because of the way I was used to falling in love in the past, there was that desire for that kind of like honeymoon living. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was only after he really felt that I did not have any illusion as to like, you know, what he could bring into my life or whether he would be like, you know, the kind of person that I would want to be with or like I had to, to make it so clear that like I'm in it with you because I like you and that includes your chaos and that includes your insecurities and that includes your unpredictability and um, that includes fighting. Like, I think we really got to a point because um, for a long time in our relationship, we would avoid fighting, I think, which I think is natural. Um, and I think this happened only after we started like really being okay with the fact that, you know what, if we want to spend together forever, we have to learn to love the fighting too. Um, so I think that was a really big shift mm. that I genuinely loved the fighting. I like, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I didn't want it necessarily and I didn't like the way it made him or me feel necessarily, but I had trust that it was a part of the growth process and that I'm in it not for the fun, but for the growth. And so like that sort of a shift I think was important. Mm. Um, in the, it, uh, yeah. 
Um, the other thing was, so he had always told me like, listen, this whole like consumerist, whatever narrative about you buy the ring and it should be this many months salary. And, um, you know, (laughs) we have friends who've been, you know, getting engaged left and right and things like that. And like, we see the, we can imagine the amount of money they're spending on rings and things like that. And I think he was in such resistance to the idea that like, society has told him that as a man he should essentially put money towards something that has no value other than what happiness it brings me um in order to prove that he's like worthy of spending his life with me and that was a big that was a big like hell no for him um on just like um a boundaries with reality kind of a level um and I had to make it clear to him that I didn't have any expectation that he would uh, show up in any particular way just because society wants to measure the way that he shows up um, and that I would never be the kind of partner who holds him to that. Um, That my expectation of him is just to be authentic and care about my authentic desires. And so um, I didn't feel like I needed some giant diamond ring I, you know, that's not like some sort of life purpose that I felt I was ingrained with. And I made it clear to him that like, you know what, babe, it would be really nice if I could have a ring, like to indicate that I'm married, just cause, you know, but honestly, that's fine either way. And it had to be really clear to him that I was that casual about it. Um, and, and it wasn't about the ring. I mean, it wasn't, he, he bought me like a beautiful diamond ring in the end, um, It wasn't about that. It was about me giving him permission to be entirely himself. And like, how can a man walk into a lifelong commitment if he thinks he's going to have to hold himself to uncomfortable expectations? Um, Mm. Wow, that is so powerful. And I I wish I could unpack even more. Unfortunately, the clock is going to win. (laughs) I got two two minutes until now. I need to be on another one. We we really we we wanted to make this happen, so we squeezed it in in the moment that we could find. But that has been incredibly powerful, Lena. Um, and like maybe we'll have to. I'll speak to you maybe about doing a part two <laughs> because I'm yeah. going to finish what feels kind of really early now. But um, I'm going to put in the caption of of this little episode where people can get in contact with you about um, if they want to learn more about your leadership uh, coaching. Um, and your podcast, I'll link to the podcast, which is School of Self as well. Um, but thank you, Lena. I'm just, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to um, end the recording, unfortunately. But thank you. Incredibly, <laughs> it's been short and very powerful. Thank you. Thanks, Elise. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. I love that episode with Lena. I think, you know, we really could have... Um, made that even longer but I'm so grateful for the time that we did have and for the wisdom that she was able to articulate so beautifully in that time and I think some 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 key things there are you know experiencing a love that you never knew existed before uh and that that that, that's possible for you if you kind of have these ideas of what love is and it's not exactly something that seems rewarding um to know that there might be something completely different out there you know, for you that perhaps if love has felt very difficult in the past, that there is a kind of love that feels like you are part of a team and like you can bring your whole self and that someone actually wants to know all of you and actually wants, they want, they want the real you. 
Um, I think that's a, a really beautiful takeaway. And I really loved the point she made about letting him know that she didn't expect a fantasy because I think so often we, we might forget that masculine energy has their own fears and their own worries and their own insecurities. And perhaps sometimes the, the the dragging the feet to commit or not really wanting to commit could come from their own fears of what are you going to expect from a marriage and can they can they, can they feel like they can comfortably succeed at making you happy? Maybe not even comfortably. Is there a feeling that they can succeed at making you happy? And or, can, or will they be enough? Right? Because I once heard this thing that when the masculine gets married, they're hoping that like the feminine will never change. And when the feminine gets married, often she's hoping that the masculine will change. And I think there's this underlying anxiety of, of what is going to be expected of me if I commit and I become a husband. And you know, what are you, what, what is the expectation of what I'm going to be able to bring to the table here? And if I don't feel like I actually have the ability or it's not, or, or I'm at the right time in my life to bring that, um, then I'm probably not going to commit, not because you're not the right woman, but because, <laughs> because of where I'm at, because I don't feel like I can bring you what your expectations are. So I think that was a really key point that she gave us on, um, she sort of had to get curious about his hopes and fears and understanding of marriage and I guess to give him a sense that that she cared about that and that that she wasn't expecting you know a fairy tale that she was that she was ready to do real life with him and that that seemed to be really pivotal in him feeling like right well like I'm ready for marriage you know I can do that I can achieve that and what I also find interesting is she she surrendered over needing any sort of ring and then she got it anyway and I just noticed that that happens a lot in life that the minute you kind of let go of needing something (laughs) you know it's sort of like oh you look for love when you're not uh, you get love when you're not looking oh you get pregnant when you weren't trying it's sort of (laughs) when we let things go uh often often they just show up anyways it's like we put the intention out this is what I want and then we ultimately like let it go it's like that letting go energy seems seems to bring forth our desires in any event. So that was an interesting moment too. All right. So if you'd like to learn any, any more about Lena or connect more with her, hear more of her wisdom, head to her podcast, uh, School of Self. And if you'd like to know more about her leadership coaching, head to her website, lenaathena.com. I'll also put that in the notes of, in the caption of this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about me, your host, Elise Peck, head to elisepeck.com. And also if you know anyone with an inspiring love story, someone that that has got the love that they want, that you feel inspired by the love in their life, please encourage them to head to my website, elisepeck.com and go to book now and book in a podcast interview with me so that we can capture their story. I love listening to love stories. I love unpacking love stories. I love putting frameworks to love stories so that I can kind of organize it all into into valuable nuggets for you and collect all this data and then kind of spin it out in a framework that kind of, uh, you know, extracts the wisdom and puts it in a digestible form. It's just, I'm loving it. I'm having a great time over here. So if you, <laughs> if there's any love out there that you can see that you would like me to unpack and do that on the podcast, please encourage the person to, um, yeah, to, to, to head to my website and book in their podcast interview with me. And if you'd like to take your love or your life to the next level, uh, I do have some, some limited avail- availability right now. Uh, not much to be honest for some one-on-one life coaching or love coaching Um, and you can find out more about that by booking in a free one-on-one strategy call with me via my website elisepeck.com
www.thrivingmomsmentorship.com, book in a free strategy call. And during that call, a couple of things, we check out our compatibility, our dynamic. Uh, we, you know, compatibility is just so important and, and how you feel around someone is so important. So that call gives us a chance to to check the poetry between us, <laughs> to check the chemistry. And um, and also we unpack where you are, where you want to go. I give you some value, value, I give you some insights, I give you some strategy during that call, you get value in it. And then if I feel that we are a match and that it's going to be in both our alignment um, for us to take you from A to B, for me to walk you know, beside you on this journey and help you and support you through thousands of hours experience of doing this with clients to get you from a to b then i will um let you know about my coaching packages at that point all right and and until then um i just feel like giving my little tagline I haven't done it for a while but i'm gonna say it please know that your only assignment is your alignment and i look forward to connecting with you on another episode of love with elise peck if you're getting value out of these um podcast please give it a five-star review to help boost the algorithms or however it works on these podcast platforms please share it with friends family anyone that you feel uh, would love to listen to, to love stories or be inspired to get more love in their life or to take wisdom from the love stories of others um, and uh, yeah so share subscribe give it a good rating etc and i look forward to connecting with you on another episode of love with elise peck very soon bye for now